Or welcome to Studio 6201. He checks his notes. Uh, hi, I'm Chris. Hi, I'm Daryl. Are you sure you're Daryl? Yeah, nice to meet you. It's been I a long know, time. I, I recognize heard, you. I heard about you before. Yeah. And look at this. We're back at it. Notorious. Notorious. Month That's and a good. half off. Oh, man. It's, and it's been a month and a half. Oh, uh, you've just gone through hell. Oh, dude. It has been like, you know, you, you set on a plan and then everything goes wrong. Yeah. You know, but we're back at it, and that's good. That's good. Yeah, I was looking forward to tonight, and it's been for you. It was, I think, the first three or four weeks where things were happening to you, and then the last couple of weeks, it was things that were happening to me, and it was just, just incredible how things just fell into place every week. Where it was like, I can't do it tonight. It's been remarkable. It's it's been so. Uh, I'll give you the really long version of all this. Uh, so about two years ago, my wife came to me and said, "You know what." We should get a new toilet. And I went, I mean, what middle-aged dream doesn't come up with a brand new toilet? Yeah. I mean, a, a virginal toilet, never out of the box, never touched. I know. No no, no reputation, oh, no rumor. You know, did you get a bidet? I did not get a bidet. Oh. There was talk about it, but we didn't do it. So and that was the beginning of the plan. Uh, fast forward uh, six weeks ago, and the plan finally went in. Get the new bathroom. Excited, <laughs> excited. Oh, oh things are going to be good. <laughs> well, that's not the way it turned out. <laughs> if, so, if you were here right now, you would notice that at the top of our head, there is a four foot by one foot gap in my ceiling. Yeah, it's slightly larger than that. I <laughs> would say it's probably clo- It's probably four feet because they're 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 twelve inch studs. Yeah. So that's four feet, there but it I'm is. I'm it's probably eighteen, maybe even two feet w- deep. Yeah. Okay. It's a big gap. It's a big gap. And from whence my toilet flowed. So, I mean, it was just, it was uh, it was like the Keystone Cops in here sometimes trying to figure out what was going on. The plumbing company had to come back four times to fix leaks in the well, toilet. Well, and that's what you, you were saying. Like, the first week it was four like, times. okay, this is what's happened there. I'm like, oh, this is. And the very first week that we lost was because of sound issues we yeah, were having. Exactly. Which, right now, it sounds like it's worked out really well. Yeah. It, I'm not getting anything. Yeah. Uh, but we, we were having some real issues with the sound coming off the machines. And yeah. it was just a setting or whatever. We, yeah. he's, Chris has been working on it. Yeah. And that so we, we sat here and we just couldn't put out a podcast because we didn't have any recording exactly and then week two i get a phone call saying daryl i can't do this why not he shows me a picture i'm like yeah okay that's fair fair enough i think the first picture i sent you was actually of the debris coming down yes the corner i got up one morning everything was down in the corner of the office yeah it was the roof hanging down and the roof hanging down yeah so what was the next thing that happened the week after that so i mean this is i mean honest to goodness you couldn't write this kind of a copy so uh, we had that. There was a lot of running problems. There was a lot of problems upstairs with different things. Well, but then, so the Tuesday, I think it was the second or third day they were here. It was just before nine o'clock in the morning. The power goes out in the house. I'm like, oh great, what does this mean? You know, yeah. I don't understand. So we go and we start running through, and we go, well, we can't really figure out what the problem is. Again, long story short, turns out that the squirrels in my attic chewed the wires in the attic. Wires, of course, that were put in with the original build in the 1970s, so they're not yeah. in the code now. So I had to rewire my entire attic. And not only that, because it's insurance, I have now I had to have the squirrels removed, and I now have squirrel traps in my attic. Sweet. To, to protect. Like, I just wanted a new toilet. We had raccoons in our house, and we had to put a cage oh. over the top of our chimney so they couldn't get in and out of the old chimney. Crazy. So so now Chris has had uh, a massive leak through his roof that oh, he yeah. can't get fixed. Yeah. 
Chris has also had a an electrical problem where he's like, Daryl, we can't do this. I'm like, yeah. why can't we do it tonight? And he's like, I have no power in that <laughs> half of the, in that half of the house. I have no power. And I'm like, okay, this this is just shit luck. Yeah. So then we have a Derrico Derrico Derrico. Oh, and then the storm the goes storm through. blew through. This is the so this is the third week, and the storm blows through, and it was a Sunday. Saturday? It was Saturday. It was a Saturday. It was Saturday. And his part of his roof went, yep. his pool went. Well, the part, the part of the roof was the neighbors that went. Okay. I, huge tree branches. So I'll tell you the story of the, of, I'm so it was Saturday afternoon, I get the notice on the phone, tornado for Oshawa. It's like two or 12, 17 yeah. or something like that. So I stand up out of my chair to look at the front window, see what's going on. And at the corner of my eye, I see my pool in the air. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's my pool in the air. What's going on? So I, now I have a very big ladder, so and it's an above ground pool. So the pool just basically wrapped over the ladder. Thank God, because it would have tumbled down the roof. Yeah, right. It would have been gone. Yeah. So I go running outside because I hear this whack, 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 and in that turmoil, my shed door was open. So my, oh. Oh, I'm like, oh, it's gonna rip the door right off the shed. So I go out, and as I'm there, the, the patio table is tipped over. So I grab hold of the patio umbrella, and it shoots through my hand like a missile. <laughs> At the exact same time, my patio table actually somersaulted in the air, landed on the ground. I was like, what is going on? And then nothing. The thing just ended. Yeah. Ended. And it was like, well, now a tornado. So, and the funny thing was, this was, this storm happened that night that we couldn't do that yes. podcast. We were actually going to do a discussion on global warming. Hey, and true. La Nina, we had all it's these true. notes about this, and we were talking about how the storms are going to get worse and everything else, and then this happens. And I live in the country. I thought for sure I was at work at the time. I had yeah. been working for the LCBO for a bit, yeah. and I had phoned my wife and said, you need to get, she was mowing the lawn. I'm like, you need to get in the house right away. Yeah, Our house scary. is surrounded, like yours, by a whole bunch of trees. Yeah. Ours are all 100, 120 years old. A lot of them are rotting inside. Yeah. And I just sat at the LCBO looking across the road going, which tree is going to be on my house when I get home? It's unbelievable. We had, we had a bad storm. No damage. No damage. No Good branches down. No nothing. The guy across the street had a tree down, but I don't know if you got out driving at all. Yeah, it was pretty. The, the city of Oshawa, the city of Oshawa is in rough shape, but yeah. not that bad. Brooklyn, and and Port Perry and Uxbridge were written off. Yeah. Uxbridge went through hell. Uxbridge got hit really hard. Yeah. It's, it's amazing, eh? Because, like, okay, so then, so I live on a ravine lot here, and further down, there were trees that were three feet around that were yeah. carved off like beavers. Yeah. That chewed them. It was remarkable. And, of course, because I have big trees in the backyard, all my broken branches were high in a tree. So you got to get someone in to fix that. Yep. I mean, I can't scamper up there to do that. No. So, you know, try and get a, a, a tree person in, an arborist in after a major storm. Not going to happen. And not, they're still working on it to try and clear exactly. it up. Exactly. Not only are they hard to get, but they're a little pricey. Yes. Because they can. Because they have to. And so it's yeah. just been... And the cities have hired them and just basically said clear the roads. Yeah. Uh, Thornton Road North up by my place, uh, north of Columbus, there was trees on there for four days. They were laying just across the road. There was nothing you could do. You had to go around them. Um, it, Columbus Road itself, westbound, was shut down. Like you couldn't even go down. All the all, all the trees were all on the road. All the power lines were on the road and everything. So Chris has this storm, and he's like, I I just, it's too much. It's too much. I can't it's do it this week much. as well. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's too much. And then, and that was also the weekend that I fell. Yeah. And 
the, like you should, we're doing, you know, this is the audio music. You can't see pictures, but like my right leg was black and blue from the ankle yeah. to the hip. Yeah. So because it, I fell. bruising is basically like internal bleeding is basically you get oh. bruised. And it, the worse it is, yeah. the more of a bruise you have. Yeah. And you, you, I wrote off, you did some damage. I I have a picture uh, of it. And for anybody that's listening, that's a friend of mine that was around when I split my stomach open. Uh, Remember uh, my whole chest and my, my abdomen was black. That's kind of what his leg was like. It was just, it was, wow. It was crazy. So, you know, been a little fun. Yeah. But here's the thing. I have brand new wiring in my attic. Yeah. It's going to be in the listing. <laughs> He's got a new toilet. I have a brand new bathroom that added like 10 grand to the value of the house. Easy. <laughs> and number three, my leg's getting better. And you have a new pool. I have a new pool. The better part of the whole thing, you have a new pool. I have a new pool. The insurance company came through. Uh, it's funny. We were talking to the insurance company, and there's, there, you know, I mean, insurance companies, right? Yeah. And we're arguing with some of them over some of the other things. But with the pool, uh, the woman said to me, he goes, we're just trying to process these as quickly as possible. Because there's so many of them, what do you need? Yeah, I have my insurance agent uh, is a broker. Uh, he works for brokerage, and uh, David Martin. He listens to the podcast as well. Hey, David. Hey, David. Um, he phoned me because yeah. I phoned him, and I had, I had asked him, "Are we covered if trees fall?" And it was like, "I know you're busy," and he calls me. He goes, "I just need a break, Daryl." I'm like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "I just." He goes, "It's been." Imagine. He goes, "People that have my phone number on my cell phone are calling me at 11, 12 o'clock at night." Yeah. He goes, "We just can't. We we." We can't fill out. We can't sign the papers fast enough for claims. Yeah, and he's just going to keep going. So we just, we ended up talking crap on the phone for half an hour. Yeah. Um, and he's like, "Yeah, it's just it's been it's the damage is extensive, extensive across the whole province." And you know, it's been a real mental toll on a lot of people too, because in a lot of cases, like thousands of dollars of costs were dropped on people here by this. Yeah, um, they were just saying that that it is now that uh, storm has now exceeded the Toronto flooding a couple of years ago. Yeah. It, Totally, hundred seventy nine million dollars. The in ice damage. storm in eastern Ontario and Quebec that was terrible, terrifying. Yeah. The the damage done by this storm is worse than that at this point. Yeah. Um. My aunt lost her. They didn't have power in Peterborough for five days. Oh, up her there, fridge won't start. It wouldn't start again. She had to buy a new fridge. My hometown of Bancroft may still be. Out. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know. Yeah, and that's that's what's happening, and that's what happened. There was there was people down the street for me. We I was lucky. I'm lucky enough that I have a generator, uh, so we were able to start up a generator and get our refri- one of our refrigerators going. So we were able to keep all of our frozen stuff, and we were we were good. We didn't have to throw anything out. Good. But I know a ton of people. There was at, at one point like there's limits. For the people that don't live in Ontario, and I don't, and it's not like this everywhere, but there's we have very specific limits on how much stuff we can put at the curb. Yes, especially green bin, which is the uh, uh, compost material. Including weight of bags. Too, yeah, right? there's only so much you can put out, and yeah. the cities around here were basically like, "You put out as much as you need to. We'll take everything. We get it." Because people are having to empty yeah. their fridge, their freezer, yeah. their their chest freezers. True. People are losing in some cases. Eight, nine, ten thousand dollars worth of food that they had stored up because their families of five, six, seven. There was a ton of people that had medical emergencies. Uh, that people that were on heart machines at home and they were in hospice care and they couldn't get power to their machines. Unbelievable, eh? Yeah, just that was the one blessing for us. We never lost power, so we were so lucky that way. We lost for about twelve hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember when it first went down, uh, of course, I mean, the neighbors gather. It's one of the things about Canada I love. When things happen, we all yeah. get together. But we were all sitting outside, and we heard this, like, screaming like a jet engine. We couldn't figure out what it was. Well, it turns out just down the street, a branch come down and knocked a gas meter off, and that's the sound of rushing gas. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is just turning even better. 
Yeah. They got that <laughs> shut down. But, I mean, th- the aftermath of all of that, I mean, there was a lot of questions about. And now we're seeing price tags. And yeah, just incredible. And the price of everything has gone up so much. Like, where I was, Columbus lost power just south of Columbus. They didn't. So on the south side of the 407, they didn't. Right. Um, but everywhere else was out. So on Sunday, I was working at the LCBO on Sunday as well. And people were coming in from Port Perry and going, where can I get ice? We haven't had any, we don't have any power and they don't know when it's going to come back up. They're thinking on Wednesday or Thursday and everybody was sold out of ice. And if they weren't sold out of ice, they didn't have power. So the ice was melting. It didn't matter. Uh, Gas stations were closed down everywhere. It was just, it was was incredible how bad the damage was from this storm. It's pretty amazing how Mother Nature can equalize everything pretty quickly, right? Because there there are no classes in that moment. (laughs) It's all about survival supplies. It doesn't matter how much money you have. If that wind's going to get you, it's it's going to get you. And you can see that just by the yards and the houses and who's got power and who doesn't and which what is out and what isn't out and who can get help and who can't get help. It was, yeah. it was pretty, for a lot of people, it was terrifying. It really was. So it was, so I, I have personally never experienced anything like that. I've, I've had family that have, I've been very close to it, but never that intense that quick. We've had a couple of them in Oshawa um, and you probably Boy, experienced the them, but they're not they're They weren't like this one where it was a, such a huge this, this band. Hit my house directly, yeah, my it, area of the city. Directly. This was this was a huge band, like a massive band that yeah. stretched all uh, pretty far, pretty far up north. Um, Minden didn't get it. Minden got a little bit of rain. Yeah. I was talking to somebody, and they're like, "Yeah, we got a couple specks. There was no wind or anything, and it went down into Lake Ontario. And it just it was just the way it was angled yeah. that it hit us perfectly. Uh, but we've had we had one in Oshawa that knocked down almost all the trees at Lakefront Park in. Uh, oh, yeah. To oh, remember, yes, I that, do remember this. Now. Yeah, so these are fast, furious, and yeah. they usually come off like a sea squall because yeah. they get that momentum over water. Exactly. And it, and we had one in uh, Whippy and Oshawa at the same time when they. Do you remember they used to do the steak festival in Whippy? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The very first steak festival we had there, I was helping them put it on, and we had a sea squall, Derrico, come off the lake, right. and it destroyed everything. Yeah. Like all of the tents were gone, the barbecues were flipped over. It was so fast, um, and they're going to come more often. Well, it's, I was just going to say that because I was reading today, actually. Uh, so uh, the Weather Network, Environment Canada, with their summer forecast. <coughs> excuse me. And there's going to be a huge heat bubble in the west this year. Yeah. And they're saying right on the edge of that heat bubble is where these Durangos are going to have, or Durinchos are going to happen yeah. again. And we're right in the path of that again. Yeah. So And this is this is all caused by global warming. Doesn't matter who you, it doesn't matter how much you people want to deny it. This is what's happening. So it's all driven by, I think, I think the short term acronym for it is ENSO, which is basically uh, El Nino. Um, It's the, it's the weather pattern that causes El Nino and La Nina, uh, which is little boy and little girl. Um, There basically it's a weather pattern that's driven through the Pacific across around Australia and back up uh, affects the Indian ocean affects the Atlantic currents but it's really driven by the Pacific Ocean. And we're in, it usually lasts year on, year off. So you get La Nina, then El exactly. Nino, and then La Nina, and then El Nino. We're and then you might get it, you might right get it two years in a row. You might get it two years in a row. Getting it three years in a row since they've started this, if I remember correctly, 58, something like 58, we'll say 50 years they've been doing, they've been keeping track of it. Mm-hmm. And they've only ever had uh, three or four other years where they've had it three times in a row. And it's always been light the third year, and this year they're not expecting it to be light at all. Oh. 
Uh, it just ended. La Nina just ended. And when La Nina happens, uh, the weather patterns usually dictate that in the Midwest, you get more tornadoes and heavy storms than they've ever had. And this March was the worst tornado season ever recorded in history. Um, the When you get to the Southwest, you're talking uh, Colorado River Corridor, uh, they go through serious, serious droughts, and they're in their third year of La Nina down there. And, like, this year already, the Hoover Dam water has dropped, I think, eight feet. Wow. It's only supposed to drop 20, and they're like, it might drop 30 or 40, which means they're not going to have any more water left. Uh, the Pacific Northwest, they start getting, and they've already started talking about this, things I had never heard in my entire life, an atmospheric river. They've already had a couple of these storms out, out west, and that's being driven by that La Nina. So they're getting heavy, heavy rain. Yeah, the atmospheric river was the big thing that hit Vancouver. Yeah. That's when I first heard about this, and they're predicting this. More this year. Right? Yeah. And that's like... And hurricane season. Hurricane season this year is expected to be the worst we've ever had on record. And last year was the second worst or or third worst year they've ever had. And they're totally expected... it, It needs that... It needs that La Nina running in the Pacific to cause the tornado season to form in the Atlantic. That's the, when it's when it's El Nino, we get very, very, very few hurricanes comparatively. So isn't it? Crazy. So incredibly connected, but people don't realize that. You know, you have somebody in the mid in the eastern United States going, "Look, we're in a drought," and then you have somebody in the southern United States going, "What do you mean? It rains here every day. Look at the storms we're getting." Exactly. Well, yeah, that's why. <laughs> that's this, this is why this is what's happening. Um, but, so yeah. we're gonna get that here, and we're not we're not immune. Now we're lucky in the area we live We've in. Been very lucky. We're relatively we're relatively unscathed in the grand scheme of bad weather here. We are, and you know why that is, right? Because I had this explained to me. This was remarkable. So Toronto is this massive, massive hole of concrete, and what concrete does is it absorbs heat, right? And it forms a bubble. Yep. And when these Systems come up, usually up through Lake Lake Ontario, up through that, up Michigan, up yep. through there. They hit that bubble of Toronto, and they do deflect straight up and over. And we're so close. This is why, like, Newcastle will get smoked while we won't in Oshawa. This, it's insane, isn't it? And I think it's part Crazy. of the ridges, because if you yes. watch the ridges from it Hamilton across around, and the ridges end right here on a Harmony, like the ridge yep. ends on a Harmony Road. Yep. And my in-laws live on top of the ridge, and we used to live below the ridge on Rosland, and we'd have a little bit of rain, and you'd go to their house, and they'd be in snow squall state. Yeah. Insane how much rain they'd get over compared to us, or snow, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So this is all. These are all the things that are happening. And then there was. Then it was me for two weeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Beth was away, and Beth had to travel. Yeah. She had. To, she had to go travel to the UK for work. So I was like, okay, I don't want to leave my kids. Yeah. I kind of want to hang out with my kids tonight. Yeah. yeah. Makes and then sense. I had to go to the heart doctor. Yeah. <laughs> so were you just jealous of all my activity? Yeah, it was like this pisses me off, and I have to find something. So that's what my wife says I do, anyways. Yeah. So I had to find something, and it was my heart. But I'm fine. My heart's fine. My heart's in great shape. You could just do what I did and, you know, bruise your leg. I have the the heart of a 20-year-old that's in really bad shape. Uh, (laughs) That may have, you know, lived a hard life on the street. Yes, very hard life. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, no, my heart's in good shape. It's just Well, I'm glad to hear that. When I got that thing from me going to the heart doctor, I was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, my doctor, I have a really good doctor. And in Canada, we have a, a really 
relatively good healthcare system compared to some places we in the world. We have excellent compared to other places in the especially world. Especially the States. And, you know, when exactly. I went I went to my doctor and said, I'm having a hard time, my chest hurts a bit. And I knew it wasn't from my heart. I was having, I'm having a problem with my lungs, which I've had for years anyways. He immediately went, heart problems, and he had me into the heart doctor and with my tests and uh, stress test and EKGs and echocardiogram and all that stuff yeah, yeah. in less than Alphabet two weeks. Soup. So fast. Nice. It was so fast. And I was talking to a friend. And they're like, how did you get done that fast? It's taken me six months. And it's like, it's because they know nothing's wrong with you. Yeah. It's it's triage. Yeah. My yeah. doctor thought I was going to have a heart attack any minute. Yeah. But. This is how they do it nowadays, though, right? They address the symptom and deal with that and then figure out what the problem is. Yeah, it's got my, I have, I have a doctor. His name is Dr. Salvaraja. And he's at the Oshawa Medical Center on the corner of Adelaide and Simcoe. Very specific. Yeah, he's a brilliant doctor. Good. And the thing is, he's brilliant because he doesn't try and fix one thing. He tries to fix all of it. Good for him. Yeah, That's he's like unusual. Yes, it's a whole the body. Th- that whole clinic is that whole clinic's about a whole body experience. So if you have foot pains, well, then you probably have knee pains. Yeah. Let's send you for this. Then you should also try and think about this and do this. So they're not looking at it and going, let's fix your feet. They're like, let's fix all the other stuff that's yeah. making your feet hurt. Because yeah. your feet probably don't hurt because your feet hurt. Your feet yeah. probably hurt because you're sitting the wrong way on a couch and it's hurting your hip. And you stand up and you twist your ankle type of thing. Now, do you think that system works better? Do you think that just sort of gets you into the, the next one of their services? Because I've recently gone through this sleep clinic stuff, and I am so angry at this system. Nightmare. This is ridiculous because I had a bad sleep test. Like, they were threatening to yank my license from me. Yeah. And, like, everything. I'm like, no what insurance. are you talking about? Can't get insurance anymore. And, and then at the end of the day, I find out with a little bit of basic research, basically everyone who gets referred to a sleep clinic gets a, a sleep apnea machine. Yeah. From a company who's kicking back, like yeah. this is they, a scam, and, and I, I, you know, going through that was ridiculous. So the crazy thing is, is, yeah, I, I, I feel the seep apnea machine for many people is not needed. No, I'm not a medical professional, so I'm probably Please wrong. Don't take our word for it. Yes. I'm probably wrong. <laughs> if you're using it and you're getting good sleep, keep using it. Yeah. Don't say, "Hey, Daryl said this." So yeah, we don't know anything. Um, we don't. But I do know that. And this is where my doctor has been really good. And my wife, who does this to me all the time, annoys the hell out of me, but she's right. Um, You don't understand how many things in your life affect other things. So people go, I'm having a bad sleep. Well, bad sleep can lead to a lot of different really, really Mm -hmm. bad scenarios. Yes. Uh, And the first and foremost being the biggest thing is the fact that it can lead to a heart attack or stroke. Well, the reason I went on this journey is because my hemoglobin levels were high. And my doctor, Dr. Ackley, thank you, love her, uh, said, you know, this could be what this is. Yeah. Uh, And I'm I'm still, my experience with the apnea machine is now completely flavored by my experience with the doctor in that place. I don't, like, the, the medical intervention of it, like, I'll tell you something, folks. I did not realize how quickly you lose your franchise Yeah. at the hands of a medical doctor because the medical doctor said this to me, and I said, are you threatening me? And he goes, yeah. And I went, <laughs> and then that just, I said, don't threaten me. I'm like, I'll take on that battle all day long. And I was like, you can't do this. You can't take away my, my medical rights like this. And he goes, yeah, do a little research, buddy. Yeah, they can. And the thing is, Ridiculous. And, the, and here's the thing. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but you want them to, because there's a lot of people that have, are on sleep, aren't on sleep apnea machines that are a bit narcoleptic sure, and they fall asleep when they're driving, sure, but they don't think they should have their license pulled, sure, but they should. There's people that have 
epilepsy that don't know it. And I have a very good friend who was just recently, just recently diagnosed with having epilepsy and they don't know what's causing it, but they yanked his license at the hospital, took it away from him. He can't drive for four months because they don't, there's so many people have small epileptic seizures and they don't know they've had them. And they happen when they're sitting at a desk that happens when they're at work. Nobody notices them because it doesn't have the symptoms that you usually sure, sure. normally associate with them. Yeah. So they pull your license. You want them to be able to pull that person's license. Except that through the research, I found that less than 5% of cases where people had their license yanked, there was actually medical intervention required. It, they, the machines were faulty. They were doing it improperly. Their diet fixed it. Like There was other yeah. explanations. This whole loss of your medical franchise BS that happened, uh, I found incredibly frustrating and unfortunate. We saw this week... There's an article in the Toronto Star this week about how a woman has had her license pulled because she admitted to a doctor she has depression. These insurance yeah. companies are driving this shit. And like, I, you're, you're right. If someone is that way, and like, say you're a truck driver and you have that, like, I understand the system needs to catch those, but there needs to be some steps in place here. Okay. I went in and had a bl- bad sleep test. It screwed me over. I finally went and just got my machine, hooked it up. First call back from the doctor. Oh, yeah, no, you're normal. As a matter of fact, you're <laughs> in the lower thumb. I said, I kept telling you that this was the test because I have this system to go to sleep. I use an old military system. It's very much the woke breathing thing. Uh, inhale for seven, hold for seven, release for seven. Do that on a sleep test and you're screwed. Because he goes, you stop breathing 52 times in an hour. And I'm like, no, I was doing the breathing thing. <laughs> right? So... It just, it just escalated for me from there, and that that was just uh, the whole system. So, you, are you on the sleep me. apnea machine? Are you using it? I, I yes, yes. And? I, I made a bit of a mistake because um, my ADHD really manifests when I'm feeling claustrophobic and things like yeah. that. So, when I bought it, I didn't want to buy the mask because I thought that made me really claustrophobic. So, I just got the nasal thing. Well, apparently, I have never breathed through my nose before because I just like <laughs> I put the thing on and I've, I I feel like an infant learning to breathe. Yeah. So I've had I've had some adaptation issues, but I mean the the readings we had were everything was back to normal and fine. I didn't need to do this in the beginning. He should have got the mask. <laughs> the mask. And the whole reason I say he should have got absolutely the mask true. is I have I have You're I have <laughs> fight or flight with claustrophobia. Right. I will I will. I will kill a bitch. I mean, I will. I, I feel you, buddy. You put something over my face, I'm losing my mind. I wear a mask, nope. and I have something like a, a regulator over my face. Yeah. It's cool air. It's always yeah. there. I know it's there. Yeah. You could bury it. me in 20 feet of sand, and I'm not going to care because yeah. I know I can breathe. Yeah. And it's 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 amazing how how it changes the way you the way well changes the way I feel about claustrophobia. Yeah. You put me in pet. You put me in bed, and you put your hand over my face. I'm probably gonna slap you. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's I, I can't. I, I lose it's my true. mind. I wake it's up. There, there's mornings I wake up and I have a sheet near my face, yeah. and I'm no. Yeah, but see, my I, like my ADHD will also manifest. Like, like I always have a fan on in a room. Yeah, like, even when I'm working, I have a fan on in my studio. Yeah, because I, I if I think I'm in a cave, I, now it's never this way. It's gotten much worse as I get older. Really, I, I get. I, I, I'll say it's claustrophobic. I think because that's might be. The, I'm not even sure that's what it is, but I just, I get very anxious. I, I cannot forget about what I'm doing. I become very aware of everything in the room. I really? understand the room is dead. 
uh, these things. And then, you know, once you spin. So I find this really fascinating because I, phobias are a thing that I've always been interested in. And w- so one of the things that has happened to me, I, I'm, I, I wish Beth was here because she'd be able to tell you exactly when it happened. At some point, I became afraid of walking down a set of stairs. Really? I have a really hard time walking down a set of stairs. Huh. I go one stair. Everybody goes one stair at a time, by the way. Yeah. So don't. Yeah, yeah. Don't at Freak. me. Go, everybody has one stair at a time. <laughs> I put one foot on one stair, and then I put my next foot on that exactly the same stair. So both feet have to be on the stair, and then I can move to the next one. Unless I'm, if I'm wearing shoes. Like, if I'm in a house, I can't do it. If I'm wearing shoes, I have no problem. But in a house or somewhere where I don't have shoes on, like at a swimming pool or something, I can't walk up, walk down the stairs like a right normal person. Oh. I know a person that one day he just suddenly lost his mind and he can't go out in the open anymore. Really? And he doesn't know why. He doesn't know what happened. Just and clicked. It, it, we, he was in the auditorium, he was in a stadium, like an auditorium, like a hockey arena. Right. And he was fine. Out, he walked outside, he was outside, he was fine. He went in, gave him the ticket, walked in, walked into the arena, and had a meltdown. Really? Could, he was afraid it was going to fall in, walked outside, same thing. As soon as he, he got in the hallway, he was yeah, tripped. And never got over it. So hmm. I'm always curious as to what causes that, what has driven your brain to do this fun game with you yeah. Of saying I'm now su- I, it's getting worse. Yeah. Uh, I'm suffocating. I had that with heights. Yeah. I used to be able to jump off anything. You, you give me a cliff with water. See ya. Boom. Done. Now I stand at the edge of the cliff and I'm like, what yeah. am I doing? This I'm gonna yeah. die. And yeah. What happened? I used to be as a kid. I was fond of like crawling behind furniture and under big things and like going under them and like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just enjoyed right. that. Um, now I will actually have terror daydreams of being trapped in small spaces like uh, like a cave falls in on me or something like I don't know where this all came from yeah but it suddenly and I can when I usually get going I can I can usually trace it tired stressed out or there's a dead room I mean you know <laughs> these little things like that but it's become a thing in the last 10 years of my life just moving forward man it's crazy getting old sucks strange things falling off you you know I was my sitting goodness. in the I was <laughs> I had to drive my friend to the doctor today because he lost his license. Oh, God, I feel so bad for him. Um, Anyways, so I'm waiting for him at the Costco. I'm sitting there, and I'm looking in the mirror, which I haven't. My mirrors at home and stuff, they're farther away. And I'm in the car, and I'm looking in my mirror. And I'm like, sent Beth a message going, when did my hair grow this gray? (laughs) What the hell happened? You got the Santa beard, buddy. Oh, it's not the beard. It's like this has been the the goatee's been very white. It's yeah. it's very it's absence of yeah. any color. It's Me just too. White. My goat is white, right? Yeah. It's across the front. Yeah. I, d- I don't know. It, it, like I don't remember it being like this even six months ago. And I'm looking in the mirror and I'm writing Beth and going, "What happened to my hair?" I don't care. It's yeah. just. But would it's you like, die? Would you die to no. get in there? See, I we were just talking about this yesterday with my wife and my daughter. They said, "No, Dad, you need to get some of that Grecian formula." I'm going. I'm not going to do that because so, a I got to follow up on that and that's just too much work. But b it's it's who I am. It's here's me, the thing: I mean. if you have absence of color, which is just a true white, like this is, yes, it won't hold the color anyways. Oh, is that true? Yeah, I, that, my, that's where I am. I'm white here. My cousin, uh, he owns a salon in Peterborough. Okay, uh, owns part owner of a salon, right. and he gets the, he's got to get the girls to put dye his beard hair every four days. Really? Because it washes out. And so I was trying, I tried it because my kids wanted to see what I look like with dark beard. So I put, I I don't know if it was Grecian formula or just a beard. Well, I don't even know what it was. It was years ago. 
and I put it in and I went in the shower and it's like, okay, put it in, wait for half an hour. Then when it's done, go in the shower and wash it and it'll be there. And I washed it. It was gone. Really? And it just was gone. It was, gone. It, was, it, was, it was just barely showed any color at all. Wow. So that's why my daughter used to, when she was younger, she hasn't done it for years, but when she was younger, she's like, can I dye your beard pink? Yeah, of course. Because you knew it wouldn't stay. It's not going to stay anyways. I'll, yeah. I'll have it for a week, but it'll be gone. Like, it's gone in a week. We can yeah. Yeah, so that's clever, actually. That's a good dad move right there. Yeah, smart. Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's one of the very few smart yourself. things I've done with my kids. <laughs> hey, as long as you do one, buddy. As oh, long as you I, can I reference back to kids. that one thing. I have such good kids. I don't know who raised them so well. <laughs> I say that to my daughter. My daughter, who uh, is off to college, an Ontario scholar. I'm like, uh, where did that happen? Yeah, my daughter, same first, thing. First th- day she came home with a 90, I'm like, dude, if you added up all my high school scores all the years, it might come to 90. Yeah. <laughs> if you know. took all my, if you took all my school scores, yeah. yeah, I, I might have, I, I might have 190. <laughs> Maybe there's a there's a lot of mercy fifty ones in my past. Yeah, oh yes, you know? yeah, me too. A lot in that one time it was sixty five. A lot of mercy sixty five. Oh, wow. Yeah, the sixty. Daryl, anyway, pass. Yeah. Great. Yeah, but do you not find now? Like, I would love to go back to school now for just to. Did, I know it succeed. No, no, no. One of the greatest things that ever happened is my son in grade eight had this project and he just procrastinated on it. Eh? So it was the last night, and he said, "Dad, this is due." And I said, "Well, let's do it." And we did this, and I just wholeheartedly this thing, eh? And the teacher sent a note back saying they wanted to use it as an example of good <laughs> things. I dined out on that for years. As a matter of fact, here I am again tonight dining out on Still that. Still like, oh, holding on to that. Put me back in grade 12 again. No, I hate, I, I, did too. I hated school. And I agree. I wish I didn't, and I've, I say, you look back on my Twitter timelines and Facebook timelines, and every couple of years I'm like, maybe I should go back and get my grade 12. And my wife is just to the point now, like, don't be dumb. You, you, you're not going to go back. You're never going to finish it. Here's here it, here's how bad it is for me. I can't write exams in any way, shape, or form. You and so me, brother. Can't when do I, a test. Can when I went and test. got that job at the LCBO that I lasted a whole two weeks for, and by the way, anybody that works at the LCBO, good for you. There's no way I could do that job. Um, I, w- I had to write a test on my knowledge of whiskey. And you, sir, failed. No way. Not you. You're like guy. On yeah, I can't write exams. Can't write them. No, I'm saying freeze that. up. Yep. All knowledge gone. Yep. All no- like just everything, just empties from my brain, and I can basically put my name down on a sheet of paper. The last couple of years of high school, I, there was a couple of exams. I just literally wrote my name down on the paper and walked away. And I, you know, it's funny because. I still suffer from that a little bit because, like, if I pull up to, a, like, a takeout or del- a board, I feel the same way I felt in that exam. I just I just see things. I don't see yeah, the that, real that things. Yeah, doesn't, that one doesn't just, bother me. I, just, I can't. When, I, when I'm on it, the spot like that, I just, I, it, nothing makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as I have to, as soon as I have to do something on paper, you know, this is one of the reasons, like, I, 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 I really wanted to do more consulting and stuff like this for doing things like e-commerce and getting shipping ready. I'm good at it. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm talking about. The problem is when somebody goes, can we have a report on that? And I'm done. No, can't do that. Sorry. Why? Because when I write it down, it's going to sound like I'm a moron. And it will. And I know that. So I just don't do it. You know, I, you mean. I, I don't do it. And this is this has been my life. So I write exams and I fail. 
And I know I fail. And the problem is, is even though I know exactly what I'm doing and I'm pretty smart at the things I do, and if I'm going to take an exam, I'm going to know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I still fail. And the expectation I've set for myself to fail is so high that there's probably some chances where I'm just failing because I'm overthinking things. Mm. So I don't want to write. And, and high school wasn't fun for me. No. I was a fat, small, I was short. I was 4'11 in grade 10. Wow. Yeah. And I weighed, in grade 10, I weighed 175 pounds. There you go. I was a you were. hefty, chunky little yep. man. Pant load, as I used to say. Hmm? Pant load. Yeah, I was. So I, I was not. I was not. Uh, people like me. I. I had friends, but I was never super popular. So, going back to high school, does not intrigue me at all. Or public school, or senior public school. No, I. I get that, and I actually I agree with you on the social end of that. I guess what it is for me is that when I was in high school, particularly grade ten on. There was a lot going on in my life. I wasn't really living at home, but there was a lot of people in the decision-making process, like guidance counselors and teachers, that were just prepared to think I was an idiot. And I'll tell you something. 54-year-old Chris says, you did me a huge disturbance, distur- uh, injustice because I'm not an idiot. I'm probably one of the smarter, better communicators you're going to see in your life now because I've worked at it, mind you. But I can re- I can distinctly remember though that doing my that. Guidance- I, now I want to go back and say... Here's your ninety. The second bitch. you say, the second you say, guidance counselors. Oh. Uh, Mr. Fa- English is my eternal enemy. My favorite, my guidance counselor. The favorite thing to, for them to say to me was, "Everybody's going to need a janitor, Daryl. Don't yeah, worry about no. it. No, you, you you can definitely get a job changing mufflers for people." My guidance counselor told me not to set my expectations so yeah. high. Yeah, my guidance counselor said set that me up. To me. They set me up. Ruined to fail. me for years. Yep, made me think. That I needed to scrape by, that I just needed to do this and that, and never. It wasn't until I met my wife at 25, and I, you know, it's very Hollywood, but you know, want to be a better man. I've made sense to me that I realized that what had been done to me there. Yep. You know, and then I said I embarked on my own to educate myself. I went to college, you know, did what I needed to do, and now I will sit in front of any of those guidance counselors and I'll intellect them all day long. I was. I was fortunate enough to meet many of the teachers that wanted to fail me all my life. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Not me. I never once balked at calling them on it. Really? Good for you. Every one of them. And they'd talk to me, oh, I think I had you as a, yes, you did. And you know what? This is what you did to me. And these are the, oh, that was a different time. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. This is, but you look, you've turned out well in spite of you. Yeah. Yes. And I had a couple of teachers. I had a couple of teachers that were brilliant that, set me up on a path of wanting to learn. I I had a couple of teachers that were just, they could see that I had it in me and they were like, they fly, they never lied to me. They're like, we can't do anything for you. You're going to fail, but you know what you're talking about and you can learn this stuff and you can achieve this if you want to in life. You're not going to pass high school. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, you're, and then I had other teachers that are like, why can't you just try harder? Yeah. Oh, I love that one. I had a grade 12, maybe an 11. Maybe grade 11, yeah. No, I think it's grade 12. <laughs> um, English teacher, um, he was the first one. Like, they always say there's a teacher, right? He did this thing where every Friday, he wanted us to bring in music they were listening to, and we would read it as a poem, and we would break it down that way. Uh, and he picked me to do the very first one. As I was leaving that day, he said, you know, Chris, I know you're really into music, because I was. It was a huge music at the time. He goes... I'm not getting what I need from you. 
So I want you to take this assignment, and I want you to stand up in front of the class and present this tomorrow. And, I mean, standing up in front of things at that time was, I mean, wicked for me. But he just the way he spoke to me, and the way he didn't say, you're going to get up here and you're going to do this. No, he went, you know what? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pick the favorite song. I picked Purple Rain by Prince. Huge at the time, I loved Prince. He said, I want you to pick a song that means something to you, and I want you to write down the lyrics and tell me what the song's about. Now, so I listened to the song. I listened to it a million times already, and I just invested in this project, and I understood for the first time what learning was. Yeah. I mean, grade 11 or 12 in English. And this guy, just by this gesture changed for me because like i said i was already in the music i already had that kind of left brain thinking going on and when he said that to me the way he said it man i wish that uh, other teachers through the years had done that because i can sit here and get emotional about it now thinking about how that just little gesture yeah changed it for me my great i had a grade eight teacher that did a lot of that for me i had a grade nine english teacher this is my third year of grade nine english that sat me down and said, I don't understand why you're failing. You're an excellent reader. You're well above regular comprehension levels. And I could read very fast. I could read, he'd give us a book, I'd be done the next day, I'd come in, he'd be like, you're gonna read the book? I'm like, I read it last night. And he, he at the near, but halfway through the year, he finally looked at me and goes, you can't, every single test you've written, you've failed. But I know you know this, because you're able to talk about it off the cuff, without any questions. He goes, so, I'm going to ask you some questions. And he asked me the questions. I tell them. And he goes, how come you can't write that down? I'm like, I can't write that down. He goes, well, that's tomorrow's test. You got 100%. He goes, fantastic. And he's like, I'll do that for every test you have. He goes, but you have to write your exam at the end of the year. And I'm like, you know, I can't do that. And he goes, I know. And I know you're going to fail. He goes, and there's not much. And this is back in the time when they couldn't do it. They wouldn't do anything about it. Like this was alternate learning. And I had a math teacher that did the same thing. I don't do math in my head. My dad doesn't either. And my son doesn't either. Uh, we don't do math in our head the same way as an average person. As, 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 I have a weird way, too. I have a really... I get everything to the tens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then count down or up or exactly. work out. That's you know, I can I do. do. Like, Jackson and I were sitting down doing math yesterday because he said, oh, I'm using my calculator. I'm like, why do you, why just do it this way? Yeah. And he goes, oh. And I he was 78 times 35. And then about four seconds, I had it down to, I was within two or three. And I'm like, yeah. that's all you have to be. You don't have yeah. to be exact all the time. You got to be, because especially for this, you're just... And he's like, oh, I never thought of it that way. And that's the way my dad does it, too. And he never told me how he did it. And one day, him and I were talking, and he goes, this is how I do math. I'm like, that's exactly the same way as I do math. I had a grade, third year, grade nine math. And the teacher looked at me. She was a young lady, like just started teaching high school. And she goes, you're cheating or you're dumb. And I'm like, I'm not either. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm not either. And she goes, but you're, you're getting the answer. She goes, it's a complex question, and you're getting the answer. And you're showing your work, but there's no way that you got the answer from the work you did. There's just, it, there's, it's not even possible. It's like you wrote a book in between and you got the answer, but there's nothing in there that would allow you to get yeah. that answer. Yeah. So you're cheating. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's do it this way. Um, let me show you that I can do it. And she finally says to me, she goes, okay, what I'm going to do is for every test you have, I'm going to move you off into the corner. You can't be around anybody. Right. Nobody can see you. Yeah. You can't see them. Right. You can put whatever answers you got, and you don't have to show me your work. 98%, nice. 96%, 97%. And she's like, I don't know how you're doing it. I'm like, honestly, at that point, I didn't know how I was doing it either. I just could. Yeah. And but could that happen, right? Because that, that 
does. But that was three years. That was three years of grade nine math. I quit high school after three years. I was the summer, the year I turned, the day I turned 16, I walked in and said I quit. Because I, I realized, okay, I'm, I'm in grade nine. I'm still in grade I have six credits in grade nine. After three years of high school, I still have six credits in grade nine. So, there. of course, I'm good at math, and I'm doing the math in my head, and I'm 22 before I'm getting into high school, if I do everything yep. perfectly. Yep. Yep. 21, 22. Yep. I'm like, no, I'm done. I'm never going to get out of high school. I had a friend that stayed in high school 24 when he got out. Jeez. Yeah. That's that's pretty rough. 24. That's pretty crazy. You know, and I mean, I mean, I'm glad it's not that way anymore. I know with my son, I, well, I shouldn't say that. It is like that in some ways. But I know uh, my son, from the minute he went to school, he was on one of these IEPs, these individual education plans. Right. And one of the benefits. I think Jackson's all, on that as well. One of the benefits of that for us was that one of the things we agreed on is that Hunter, whenever he did an exam, was one-on-one -on -one with somebody. Or th the question be read to him, and he could answer it back. So, I, like, and we never had to fight for that. That was just given to him. Back when we were talking about this thing, <laughs> there was no way. Nope. There was no way. You're going to be might a good, luck out and find You're going to be a good janitor. Right, exactly. You might, you know, by the way, my English teacher, you know what his name was? Mr. English. Really? Oh, my God, that's the best, right? I mean, you're destined at that point. My English teacher was Ronald McDonald. No. <laughs> Are you kidding? Scrawny Ronnie. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. Oh, man, you don't survive that. No, and he was. He was the smallest guy you've ever seen. <laughs> and we used to call him Scrawny Ronnie, and he was just, he was the meanest, from what I can remember. Oh, kids. And it may have been self pro my sister was 15 months older than I am, so she was one grade above me in school. Right. And I, she always told me the bad teachers. Oh, yeah, so you knew ahead of time. You know, yeah, I yeah. knew him right away, right? Yeah. And I got That's in there. That's for my brother. Yeah, it, just, it, kind of, it, it might have ruined it, but I could see him. He was always angry. Yeah. We had some great teachers. I had Mr. Pantulius, who was a history, ancient history teacher. Oh, teacher, yeah. And I loved listening to him. Right. He was he was old Greek guy, carried worried beads, always flipping really? around, had a cane. Wow. Great guy. Brilliant. Yeah. Loved his class, failed it miserably. <laughs> there was a there was a teacher at my high school who had all these uh, model airplanes hanging from the ceiling he'd made, and he had them up there. Um, I took well, a couple of me and friends took a couple, and we kept nailing them back pieces of. <laughs> Could you imagine if you did that nowadays? Yeah. Oh my God! Cecilia's been knocking on my door. I know. I, I listen to being... what my kids get away with at school, and oh. I know they're not lying. They're telling me I'm like you shouldn't be doing that. Oh yeah. no, we're allowed to. Like having your phones. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean you're allowed to have your phone? My son's in grade seven. He's got a he's got a calculator at his desk all the yeah, time. No, it's true. Like, what, what, I, yeah. what, I, you weren't even allowed to have a calculator until I think grade ten or eleven. That's another great conversation, Mister Stirk, my math teacher. He and I got into a pitched battle in class one time because he said to me, "Coppin, when you're older, you're not going to have a calculator with you all the time. It's <laughs> not going to be there." Well, he's passed now, but I'd like to go in front of him. Like, oh, look at this! Not only a calculator, but a computer, buddy. And there's somebody in there like I can talk to. We had a pitched battle about that once. Yeah. It's like, you're just being lazy. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to succeed here. Things have changed so much. And, and f as far as I'm concerned, for the better, when you hear, uh, what was the math they came out with a few years ago? The new math or the whatever. The new math, yeah, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. To me, that was brilliant. And I used to get in arguments with people all the time because they'd be like, no, nope, this is how you do math. And I'd be like, okay, let's do a math question together. Yeah. And we'd do a math question. I'd beat them every time. And they'd be, and I'm, it's not like I'm absolutely brilliant at math, but yeah. basic like multiplication, division, stuff like that. I can do it in my head with yeah. no problem at all, quick. And they'd be like, how'd you do it so fast? And I'd be like, this is how I did it. But that's not how you do it. Uh, I do it better than you do. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it is the way you do it. Yeah. Because you, know? you can't teach a fish to climb a tree. Well, that's the thing. You know, they, they, there was a time they'd say that, that that's a hippy-dippy way of doing it, right? But yeah. I'll tell you something right now. If uh, what what 
if I had learned how to learn better, oh, I could, I could, my life would be ten years more successful. Like it took me so long to figure that out, and that's exactly what you're supposed to be taught. And I yeah. was not. Yeah, I was not. And I, what I keep telling my kids, all I want them to do when they come out of high school and public school, is have a desire to know more. That's Every it. Day be curious. And my son and I were sitting down tonight and we were talking about the speed of sound because he asked me how come we could hear the jet plane after it went by. Right. And I said, well, you got to know what the speed of sound was. I haven't heard the, what the speed of sound was for years. Right. And he goes, well, what's the speed of sound? And I went 760 miles per hour. I was off by eight miles wow, per hour. Nice and he goes, how do you remember that? I'm like, because it's an interesting stat. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's an interesting stat. And with that stat, I know why that plain sound hits yep. me after it goes by. Yeah, exactly. I used to tell my son all the time, because uh, when I was a kid, my mom used to say, well, if I asked him about a word, she'd go, go look in the dictionary. So I used to say to him all the time, he'd ask something, I'd say, well, look it up. Find out for yourself. Um, he's just become, he's, he's become someone who knows everything now. Though. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's another of the backfires. <laughs> it's now, he goes, well, Dad, I was just reading about that. I was like, damn. <laughs> the dad needs to have a little ish in it, right? There needs to be a little bit yeah. of obfuscation from the dad. Yeah, I always Gone. Tell, My kids will ask me questions all the time. I'll be like, what question do you want to know? Here, hold on. Uh, Google. And <laughs> yeah. they'll look at me. I'm like, why, could, why couldn't you do that? Yeah. Why you came and asked me a question? Why couldn't you do exactly the same thing sure. as I just did? It's true. Have a desire to learn, because if you have that desire, so one of the things I learned over the last five weeks, six weeks that we haven't been doing this, right. is I learned how to tear apart a small engine and rebuild it. No way! In five weeks, by myself, wow. off of YouTube. Good YouTube you, is the man. best thing in the world. YouTube video there. because I couldn't get the company that that manufactures this. They have dealers all around North America, and the dealer I went to refused to sell me uh, a replacement part. Why and they're like, they "You you need to come in. To you need to bring it in, and we will let you know what's wrong with it." I'm like, wow. "I'm pretty sure I know what's wrong with it, and I can fix it. And if I can't, then I'll bring it in." And they're like, "No." no. So I went, what "Okay." Is that? It's not just one store. It's two of them that have done it to me now. So that's a company policy then. Yeah. So, and I've contacted them online and they won't return my, they won't return anything online. So I, I went home, I had a spare chainsaw and I had my chainsaw and I knew it was a carburetor issue and I knew I had a spare carburetor because it was the same chainsaw because I had unfortunately burnt out the previous one by putting the wrong <laughs> gas in it. Dummy. So I took off, I took off the, uh, the carburetor, tore it apart. Completely cleaned, cleaned it, rebuilt it, yep. put it back on. Boom. Wouldn't fucking start. <laughs> <laughs> so I had put one of I had I had put one of the diaphragms inside on backwards. And I knew that because it was gas was coming out of it. <laughs> I'm like, oh I've done something wrong because gas is coming out of it. Always a sign. Yeah, always a sign. So I took it apart and I rebuilt it again. I took the whole thing apart and cleaned it exactly the same way, rebuilt the entire thing all over again, watched the same videos I had watched, and then I did it again, and then I did it again. And on the second time, I had it done right. right. And I was able to start it. It sounded great. But I'm like, I'm going to do this again. So I went and got the broken chainsaw I had, and I tore it apart, right. and I rebuilt its stuff. And now I'm, I'm just in the process of swapping out the uh, Look piston. At you. Look at yeah. you. So I have a, pro I have a, a line trimmer. Right. That isn't running properly. Okay. It's a gas line trimmer, okay. and it's stalling when I pull a, pull the trigger. Right. 
And it's not stalling dead, it's like bogging down. So I look up online and I find out it's probably the carburetor. Like chances are pretty good it's carburetor. And there's dozens of small engine repair guys that are like, this is, look at, is it stalling on you? This is what it sounds like. It's this. All you have to do is this. So I go to another dealer because I'm not going to deal with that other dealer anymore. I go to the, an, another dealer down in another city. I'm like, I would like to buy this carburetor repair tool. It's just a screwdriver. It's a, it's a socket to screwdriver. Okay. Specially designed for that no. purpose. No. no. You can't. Okay. You, you, really? have to, you have to bring it in and we'll diagnose it for you. Right. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know what it is. is. I want to buy the tool. You know, I, I know it's a bit more money from you. Yeah. Because um, you're a dealer and you have all this stuff you have to pay for. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'll pay the bigger price, but I'd like to buy it. And they're like, no, we won't sell it to you. I'm like, then I'll just buy it off Amazon. It's $6 on Amazon. Yeah. You're going to charge me $29. i am willing to pay the $29. And if it doesn't work, I'm willing to come back in no, we will not sell you the tool. And I went, okay. So I went home and I made the tool. You made the tool. I made, well, it's not that, it's really not that hard. It's not really that hard. Basically, I took a socket and ground down the outside so it fit in the hole. And then as soon as it fit in the hole, I turned it, boom. Done. Fixed. Fixed. Wow. So that's what what they just want. This is a lot like... Uh, so Apple has finally given up the ghost on the right to repair. They have now, they're now letting... It's such people. a ridiculous thing. So, I mean, so that's just to protect your business. And yeah. I, in my mind, that is a way to not get my business. Well, now these two stores have lost all of my sales for any chains I need yeah. for my chainsaw. Yeah. They've lost the files that I need to file down the chainsaw. Yeah. They've lost the ability for me to buy them, to buy the oil off of them because I won't buy the oil. I'll use their oil, but I won't buy it off right. of them. Any replacement parts, I won't buy off them. I know there's replacement manufacturers that come out of China, and frankly, they probably build the part for, for the company that, I'm, that I have this from. Yeah. So I can buy from them. I can buy from many, many different spots. And in the end, I just won't buy this company's tools anymore. I will buy somebody else's. So when these finally break down, I will buy yeah. Husqvarna. Yeah. I won't buy this company's. Yeah. Well, because they've lost your goodwill. I'm right? just I'm, I'm not going to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm the type of guy that I have I have a machine that has adjustable heads that I can put 20 different heads on, 10 different heads on, and I can use this tool for many 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 different things. And I'll go buy I'll go out and buy a new tool before I buy something else for this machine. Imagine your hubris as a company that thinks that way. Because, I mean, if, if you're engaged in product like chainsaws, things, outdoor living, you're, you're actually dealing with a, a group of people that are very clever and usually fix and solve their own problems. And they're out in the wild, right? not near something. Right, and so, you're, so now your business model here is to say no. Yeah, and the turnaround time on getting it. Okay, if I bring it in, how long is it going to take to get it back? Four to six weeks. Okay, but I need that chainsaw. I'm, hey, I'm calling you with a chainsaw issue when I was chainsaw. Like, I appreciate that you're busy, <laughs> yeah, but, but you I, can sell me this $6 part yeah. for $30, and I'll be out of your hair. And this fall, when I buy replacement kits for all these yeah. things, not a lot of money. Or, or P.S., by the way, your buddy Chris says, man, I need some my yeah. You know where you should go? These you guys. know where you shouldn't go? Well, now you know that, <laughs> yeah. right? Right. And they, but so do you think they're making that equation? Do you think that they think that there's enough people that do that, that that's okay? Or are they just being dumb about this? I don't know. I, so it's a complex problem. It's a complex problem. Is it really? Uh, yeah, it actually. You uh, think so? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's very I think complex. It's a problem is made complex. And uh, well, no, it's actually more complex than you realize. Okay. Um, Educate me on this I, one. I, I'm gonna, so a good friend of mine, Brian Pollock, who's still in Dive Source. Right. Another um, listener to the podcast too. Correct? Yeah, he's yes, he yes. is. Hey, buddy. And he he had a diving company for years, and he was always attentive with his customers. If you bought gear off him, he would be all over fixing it for you. In many cases, not charging you for small parts. It was nothing. It was goodwill. It was, you know, that's how you kept a shop open because they, you would, you would replace the O-ring. Don't worry about it. And they would continue to buy gear and stuff off you. Well, with the advent of the internet, suddenly people are coming in and going, Hey, look at these regs I got last week that are exactly the same as the regs on your wall. I saved $60 by buying them out of California. Uh, can you fix these under warranty? And he doesn't get paid for warranty work. Okay, that's a burn. That's a burn. Right? All so right. you're not buying local, and suddenly your local shop closes because they don't have enough business. Then what? Then people are like, I can't believe it. They closed down. Okay, well, wait. You bought all your gear out of California from a company that doesn't care if you're a customer or not, and the guy that you needed to be open to fill air fills and give you oil or gas or whatever you needed is now gone, and you're pissed about it? Yeah, but the, so the reverse of that is what happened with the chainsaw. Machine. Right, but so which which way? So here's and he, this is this is this is where it becomes a real issue, is they're looking at me like, oh, I probably bought this used secondhand, and they're not asking me the right questions. They're not saying, hey, well, what happened? Where'd you get this chainsaw? Because the one company I actually bought the chainsaw off them, I bought it off them, and they still refused. Huh. So that's when it becomes a thing of. Hey, wait, I was willing. I was actually, what I wanted from them was the, I wanted a spark plug and I wanted an air filter. Right. And I was going to change those two things out because that was always the very first thing. Change those two things out. And if that doesn't work, then do your carburetor. Exactly. And they refused to sell me an air filter and a car and that spark plug, which blows my mind because they're regular replacement parts anyways. And that is the type of thing. That's where you make your money. You make your money on those small parts because you're selling a $6 adjustment thing for 30 bucks and i'm willing to pay for it but if they're going to chase you to the internet though with their lack of service well even when i look at the brian over here going to make a valid argument yeah well this this is a much bigger company but this is where the complex thing comes in this is where the very complex problem comes in thanks brian for being the example by the way yeah (laughs) and and this is where the complex problem comes in because brian starts treating customers differently that are buying gear out of california which he didn't do which he did not do good point but he starts, let's say he, he starts, he has, has to, to because otherwise he can't stay open. Exactly. Then those people look at their friends and go, don't buy from Brian. Yeah. He's yeah. a jerk. When Brian's not a jerk, Brian's trying to stay open and you're stealing his profit by buying off somebody that you have no idea. And Brian, keep in mind, this is always the thing I've talked about with local. Brian sponsored teams. He helped people with swimming lessons. He did uh, swim for the cure every year. He raised tens of thousands of dollars for yeah. East Street Boys and Girls Club. He did a lot of things, and people don't see that. They yeah. see they go online and go, huh, yeah. I can buy this chainsaw, or I can buy this scuba gear for this much yeah. money. Brian's charging $40 more than that. That's a tough spot. Right? So it's a ve- it's incredibly complex issue, and unless you actually right, take the time to think about it, Right. That's why I went. That's why I didn't go right to the online. That's why I didn't go right online after that first dealer, because that could be a problem. Right. That could be just that dealer. But when I went to the second dealer and that was exactly the same response. Now I start going policy. Wait a minute. Company policy. This could be a company policy. And then when I talk about when I post about it twice online 
and the company never once even uh, even says acknowledge acknowledges any problems at all. Nothing like, hey, can you contact us off and let us know? Yeah. We'd like to talk to you about this. see companies do that. Yeah, right, yeah. and they should. Yeah. They technically, Even if they don't do anything, they should. Exactly. Just to say, that way I can go, you know, I had a problem, and I talked to them. No, nothing got done, but hey, at least they listened. Exactly. And they could be just sitting there filing their nails and going, yeah, right, whatever, sir, sure. But now they've lost my business, and I won't go back into either one of those dealers for anything, ever. No, I, I, and I, now it's far enough away that I'll buy offline because I'm not going to buy that equipment so, ever. So again. the very thing <laughs> that they did not want you to do yeah. is you're now forced into doing right. it. And it's a complex issue because I was willing to pay more. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to pay more. Yes. I'm willing to pay more money because I want that shop there. Yes. I want to be able to walk totally in and go, I want to walk in and go, look, I tore apart my carburetor. Yeah. I put it back together and it's still not working. Yeah. I'm going to leave it with you. Yeah. I'll leave it with you. Can you just let me know what's wrong? If it's too expensive, you know, cause I asked the one shop, I'm like, how much? And they're like $35 for us to look at it. And I'm like, what if it's a really, really massive thing that you look at it and go, we just can't fix that. And they're like, yeah, it's 35 bucks. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so why can't you just sell me the stuff I need yeah, and exactly. I can try it. And if it doesn't work, then I can risk whether I, yeah. no, just See, bring it in. That distress, right? That, that makes you, you know, like I, I recently I've had a run with Canadian tire. I have a problem with my car. Their, their repair was going to cost me like $800. I spoke to another mechanic. He goes, "Let's think about a two hundred dollar repair." Yeah, I'm like, "So they're just doing that because they can." I have a mechanic. I'll talk to you about off. Okay, very good. Yeah, when he's and they're and they're brilliant. Yeah, uh, they're down with me called Pro Street Automotive, okay. and they're fantastic. Yeah. On totally worth it. I would never, ever in a trillion years, if they were the last people to have an auto shop, I would ride a horse. <laughs> go to Canadian Tire. Well, I was forced to. My mechanic is out of business. Not, he's not doing his thing so right now. My, I went to my Canadian mistake. Tire. I was 16 or 17, and I went in, and I had to get my brakes done. So I went in, got my brakes done. I go out to the parking lot, and I when I get him back, I put my foot on the brake, and there's a leak in my brake line, and it's spewing oil, brake oil all over the place. So I go in, and I say to the guy, I'm like, hey, uh, you know, I have a problem with my brakes. It's spewing brake oil, and, and it shouldn't be. I just had my brakes done. And they're like, well, yeah, that's going to cost you to get it fixed, eh? And I'm like, wait a minute. Why is it going to cost me to get it fixed? Well, you should have got your brakes done here. And I put the bill down on the counter. I'm like, I did get my brakes done here. And they're like, it's not our fault. You still got to pay. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, can you fix this for me? And they said, yes. So they fix it for me. I go out I'm and get, getting enraged. I get, in my, I get in my car, and my muffler's got a hole in it. Wow. Yeah. So I walked back in, and I said, how come my muffler's not working? It wasn't working when it came in. You've had it for two weeks. You didn't tell me my muffler wasn't working when you did my brakes. Well, I'm like, okay, but then you didn't tell me after you broke my brake line. You didn't tell me then either. And now when I look at it, I can see the hole where the hammer went through it. But we have to check and see if it's rusting. Oh, so you hit my muffler with a hammer? Yeah. See, this is why guys like Brian get snowplowed because of stuff like that. Because... One experience that way is all it takes. Yep. And you're you're done trusting. Yeah. Doesn't and, matter and, how much work you do. And Brian Brian like like a lot of dive shop owners, many, many dive shop owners and, and small businesses, we all care about that. You know what? It hurts when you buy stuff off somebody else. I remember people buying barbecue sauce off other people and going, Can you teach me how to do brisket? Okay, well you need to have this rub. Oh, I bought a rub from this company. Ouch. <laughs> Why would I teach you how to do brisket then? I, I would never come to you that way, though. Oh, you'd be surprised. Really? I, <laughs> yeah. 
that that speaking of hubris, that's some hubris You'd right there. You'd be surprised. You, I I wasn't really? I wasn't yeah. It's just, like poor Brian when you said you know they buy it and they come in here and ask him to enforce the warranty. Oh, uh, and you know what? <laughs> what the thing is, is that? I've known Brian for a very very long time. Brian's starting on the show tonight. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, he, he's he's a really good friend and he's he's going through some shit. Yeah. Um, but he uh, I've known Brian for a long time and he he knows me and uh very well and he would be standing in my shop and somebody would say something and he'd have no problem calling them out on it. i'd really? have no problem calling people out in his shop him. either like him. hey i bought this reg off somebody in florida and it was seven dollars cheaper than yours i just wanted to kind of, can you look it over for me please yeah it's 75 dollars <laughs> for me to look it over why so much money well why didn't you just buy it off me you would have had a new one and you wouldn't have had to worry about this and we could have had this customer <laughs> service discussion but you got your keyboard yeah. courage up and did it that yeah, way yeah it's, it's it really is a nightmare people are really it's and it's when i say it's a complex issue it's, it's even far more complex than that but unless you're in that situation unless you see that you can't you never think i, I talk to people all the time and they're like i don't buy local because of this okay but what if you need to fix it well, it's going to the shop, but what if they're not there? Well, why wouldn't they be there? Because you bought everything somewhere else, dummy. Yeah, exactly. You I know? saw this great thing at the very beginning of the pandemic that said uh, the, the small business, and I'm totally paraphrasing, I'm going to mess it up, but small business owners are the ones that have been sponsoring your sports teams, uh, you know, putting your bake sale signs up in your window, you know, it's not now. Their it's time go for to you. With your kids. It's time for you now to remember that that's a local thing. Like, I, you said it so perfectly. I am willing to pay more for two things, to support local yep, and for quality. Yep. Because, and I find that quality usually is hand in hand with personal contact, right? I know it's quality because you're willing to stand in front of me. Yep. You don't have a picture of it. So those things are very important to me. And I think that translates, right? Yeah, it and does. And that's, it also, it's a, such a complex issue. All right. So anyways, I know how to tear apart a chainsaw, and I know how to tear apart a line line trimmer. So if you ever have a problem with your chainsaw or line trimmer, (laughs) come and see me. I also learned how to sharpen all my tools. So now I actually have sharpened tools at home, like my shovels. Wow, look at you. Have you ever sharpened your shovel? I have never, but it's funny you say that. I know somebody who does that. You should. Yes. He he would say the same thing. So I sharpen. I'm cutting grass in my backyard the other day i was trimming around my uh shed and my uh hoe wouldn't go down through like the the lawn cutter sure couldn't get it couldn't get it in so i'm like online i'm like oh i I gotta buy a new one blah 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 and i'm watching youtube and for whatever reason because they they track everything you talk about uh, (laughs) it came up in youtube how to sharpen your tools i'm like and it came up because i was watching how to sharpen chainsaws and stuff at one point right and how and i'm like sharpen my i can sharpen that so I watched it, and I'm like, I could sharpen. So I sharpened it. I'm like, I said it to my wife. Things. I'm like, like I can cut meat with this thing now. It was fun to do yard work with this stuff. Oh no! I sharpened my shovel today. I could kill somebody with that easily. <laughs> but wow, can it dig dirt? I really? mean, so easy. Well, that's what you want a shovel to do. So like butter, I, I sharpened my wife's shears, like tree shears, because we have these big tree, the, the bushes out front that she's got to shear them. Sure. And usually she clips them and they fold and the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. right exactly. and a little bit of the stem yeah. stays on so i'm like here yeah. try this and she's like snip and it's like ooh. <laughs> of course you know what this means now that you can get a pile of things to sharpen i'm okay so with that you're you're setting a precedent I actually and, enjoy it really yeah or does your house has your house become more dangerous now like is everything well my house has always been dangerous let's be familiar i have a lot of really sharp instruments around my house because i like really sharp yeah like my 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 uh my planes that I use for doing woodworking. Yeah. You could really you could peel Razor's a single edge, yeah. yeah. Peel a single layer of skin off somebody with no problem and it wouldn't even <laughs> you wouldn't even know what's happening. They're so 
like don't well, touch them because you go you, if you're near it it's going to yeah. cut you <laughs> well i wonder if there's a condition for people who sharpen things maybe <laughs> there, there must be a name for but i like the sparks like i like the tools because it's oh, wow. i'm using like it's a an angle grinder an angle yeah. grinder and yeah, yeah, sparks yeah. are flying everywhere and it's loud nice. and i'm like yeah <laughs> right yeah I've got sparks <laughs> flying off me. Tapping the Andrewfall in yeah, here, right? Yeah, totally. And I enjoy it. So right. I've taken apart my lawnmowers. Yeah. Uh, learned how to sharp. Have you ever sharpened your lawnmower blade? I, I, I have not, but I have gotten it done. I can do it for you. Can you? See, you're We'll take it right? off next week. I'll take yeah. it off on the Tuesday. I'll bring it back to you yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. And it'll be I cut our grass now. There's not even any grass clippings. on. It's yeah, it's just shreds like it. Samurai sword. Oh, it's so clean. And we have a, we have a mulcher. Yeah. But you see big chunks all over the place. And I've mowed my lawn twice since I've sharpened them. And you can't see any grass in the ground at all. Yeah. I'm just like, and wow. It perfectly sum up what we were talking about too, right? Because, I mean, doing that stuff, being able to accomplish that stuff, like I'll go get help if I need it. But I want to accomplish that myself. You know, I want to be able to uh, pilgrim my life, you know. I want to be able to say, I can do that, but I'd rather pay you. Yeah, Boy, that's a great way of putting that. I just don't want to do because that. Because you're, you're, you're making the decision. Yeah. Yes. I, and Boy, I, that's a great way of it's, putting And that. It's, a, it's really interesting because I've always wanted to be, I have a ton of motors at home just because we live in the country. So we have generator, we have a, you know pressure washers, we, and they're all gas motors. So when I've always wanted to learn how to tear one apart. So now that I've learned how to tear them apart, I'm taking them all apart. <laughs> Now you've got it. Now you got the bug. To now I got the bug, and I'm like, I gotta buy there. special tools, Beth. <laughs> I need to set up a special area in the See, house. This is where you screwed up because you came up with that tool yourself. So now she's gonna say, "Well, hey, Captain Tool Inventor, well, right the, there, buddy." So the thing is, all those years <laughs> that I owned Buster Rhinos and everything else, and I was always so busy that I didn't have time to do anything. I was still yeah. buying the tools and stuff. So now that I've been, I'm as we were, we were going to talk about this tonight, but we haven't. We were going to yeah. talk about adult gap years. Yeah. Now that I'm on my adult gap year, <laughs> I'm able to put all those tools to use. So I'm like doing things. I'm like, I need to do that. Wait, not only do I have the tool for that, I have the part for that too. Because oh, I was going to do that you, eight years ago. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, I need, I have everything for that. So Beth's like, how did you, where'd you get the parts for that? Wow. I had it already. So I, I have all this stuff, and I'm separating my garages. So I have a mechanical garage and a woodworking garage because right. they don't actually work together. Sure, they don't sure. work together. How many times do you go, oh, I forgot I had that. Yay oh, me. So a box of goodies. <laughs> a box of goodies. So uh, being a hoarder, okay. need a screwdriver? Got you got the screwdriver. I have more screwdrivers than anybody has the right to own. Really? Because <laughs> I'm, especially when I had uh, Buster Rhinos, I'd buy a pack of screwdrivers. Right. And I'd do what I needed to do, and I'd say to one of my staff, can you put that away, please? And they'd put it away. And they'd forget, or they'd leave. Right. And then I'd have to buy another set. Right. <laughs> because I couldn't find them. Oh, no. You don't, do you need any, like... Uh, extension cords. Uh, you got a lot of extension I, I probably have five, I I probably have five miles of extension cords at home. Really? I have four milk five crates, four, four milk crates full. And I have, see that, you know, you're, he's got a red top or a d box on the yeah, floor. Yeah, yeah. I have three of those no way. full. I just went and bought extension cords. I have I so many I'd extension cords. And nope. hoses. I'm cutting hoses up. I'm making I'm making specific hoses at home that are my gap year is awesome. Yeah. I'm making hoses up. I'm like, I need a hose that's exactly twelve feet long so I can do this. I'll just cut the end off and do this. There, there, there you go. go. I got a hose. Wow. Built my water system so I have a water collection Look system. We have thousands of liters of water coming off our roof every Look rainstorm. I'm having so much fun. Figure it out. You are enjoying your gap year. Cutting wood. We'll talk about this in further episodes down the road. Yeah. Now, but th I mean, this is this is the thing, you know. Yeah, 
Uh, th- that's something I really want to talk about because Chris and I were talking about this earlier. Yeah. My outlook on how we should be working as a society has changed. And I, I know a lot of people won't believe me, but we, I think we waste our youth on work. And I think, uh, you know, I'm 10 years, 12 years out of actual physical retirement of saying, okay, I just can't work anymore for yeah. 65 type thing. Yeah. Same as you, roughly yeah. same age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking at it and going, great, at 65, what am I going to do? That's the thing. But at 20, I could have done this and this yeah. and this and this and this and this. Well, and it's the perspective change, right? Yeah. Like, I never I never wanted to get my shit together like I do now. I mean, it's a whole different thing. Yeah. You know, because now I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm at the point now where I've done this. I saw this thing today. Uh, so it's 12 years of education, four years of college, two to four years of college, and then 60 years of working. It's it's not right. No. It's and now uh, benefit of living the life, right? At 54 looking back, it's easier to make this because in my 20s, I did what I had to do. Yep. And joyfully, you know, cuz you didn't know any better. Exactly. But I mean, it's a situation now where we're we're waning more than waxing here. And, I I know I am and I know, know I can't do the things I wanted to do when I was younger and every year more things slip out of my grasp. Yep. Um ability to do them, right? Like stamina. Yeah. Physical ability, mental acuity. I hate to say it, but it's true. I'm getting arthritis. Right. My hands. I told you earlier tonight, I'm having a hard time holding yep. a screwdriver some days because I can't yep. close my hands. Yep. Working in the cold for years and all these yep. other things I've done. Yep. So, like, what happens when I turn 60 and I can't actually close my hands at all? The fundamental reshift that would have to take place, though, to address this. But there's no reason why we can't. But do you think we're capable of that um, reshift? No, I don't think we're capable of it. I don't think in we the are. pandemic, 1,000% uh, proves that point. Yes. It's exactly people, right. people don't want to see other people happy. People don't want to see other people not working. People, you hear people all the time. Where, why aren't they working? Well, they're not working because you just gave them a two point five percent raise, and with today's current inflation increase, which is about five point five to six yeah. percent, they're now losing four percent every pay period. Not only are they losing four percent every pay period, everything costs more. Yeah. So actually, so why, why should they go to work? Yeah. I wouldn't want to work. No. And what the pandemic has taught people is that a workplace can change and still function. There's so many times I've sat in meetings saying, well, that seems good, but how would we implement it? It's been done. Yeah, it's been done. Took it out of your whiny little meeting hands, and yeah. now it's happening. We just did it. So change it. Yeah, this, change it now. This is the, somebody asked me the other day, somebody close to me the other day asked me and said, I, I might move jobs. And I'm like, what's the deal breaker? And they're like, I'm not sure. I'm like, well, you don't, you don't go to work anymore. And they're like, well, yeah. I'm like, so what if they tell you you have to come into work for five days a week? I don't want to do that. Yeah, right. So that's going to be one of your deal breakers. And that would be my deal breaker if I got a job with anybody. My deal breaker would be I want to be here between 25 and 50% of the time in the office. Otherwise, I'm not coming in because I don't need to. And and it's been proven beyond a shadow of a doubt. Yes. That this is unless you work in a service industry job, like you're in a food service or you're a plumber or you have no choice but to go in. But if you don't do that, there's exactly. no reason why you shouldn't be able to do your work at home when you want to do it. It's true. And and if you are a next generation boss out there, we hear all the time about recruitment and retention issues that are going on. This is easy stuff. This is easy stuff to do right here because people like if if we were able to take the angst out of the last two years and all the uncertainty that the pandemic caused and just focused on that workplace change. Yep. What was revealed to people? Now there are a lot of struggles. People are working much longer now. That's I think yeah. that's something that would work itself There's out still over a balance time. Issue, yes. But what's happened is 
I think that the individual is now being able to determine the work-life balance, yeah. not the boss. We yeah. see this pass in Ontario, the uh, contact after hour things where you're not, bosses aren't allowed to contact you all. Which has no teeth, by the way. No, and it's, it, yeah, exactly. But the, the, the fact that that conversation is piggybacking on everything else yep. says to me, anyhow, that the old guard is, is, has lost it. Yeah. And we, you know, if you're young, you know, you, you tend to have a little bit of open eye optimism, but there's a, there's, there's a real change here because people, we're losing so much skill at the top. We have this retirement issue right now. If you said to somebody, well, you know what? I want you to stick around, but you don't need to stick around for five days a week. I need you, whatever you agree, or working yeah, from home. To be on call. When somebody needs help, you'll help them out. Changes and I need the you to dynamic. come in for important meetings. Exactly. Other than that, here's you know your responsibilities. Yeah. And then, and then people, as soon as people are empowered, yeah, they understand how much bullshit there is. Yeah. Right. How much control? Exactly. And this is what I keep Better telling. Word. This is what Better I keep word. telling everybody I know. You having to go into work every day of the week is a form of control. It is. And that's all it is. Yep. I need to see you at your desk. Why? Because you need to see me. At my Why desk. do you need to see me at my desk? If checking a box, you see right? me, at, you see me, you need to see me in the office. Why do you need to see me in the office? What am I accomplishing by being here? Because yeah. chances are pretty good. I'm coming into the office and I'm walking in the door. I'm punching in. If there's a punch in, yeah. I'm talking to some friends. I'm talking about the TV show I saw last night. So for the first hour, nothing gets done. Yeah. You do a couple of minutes worth of phone calls. You do a couple minutes worth of work yeah. and then you're on break. Yeah. And then you do a couple more minutes and then half an hour before lunch starts, True. you start talking about what you're going to have for lunch. Yep. And you lose, you, you only get about four to five productive hours out of anybody in any given day. It's why overtime is useless and they know it's useless and employers know it's useless because anything after eight hours, productivity goes way down. So, so fast. It's incredible. Yep. So why not let them stay at home? You can get up when you want to. Most people don't want to get up at two o'clock in the afternoon. They're up by eight. Exactly. You know, they ha might have a shower. They may not. They may go downstairs, start a coffee, yeah. sit down and have a Zoom call yeah. and do some work. And then they go off for lunch for two hours. Yeah. Spend time with their kids. Who cares if they're off for lunch Cut for two hours? Because yeah. they're working till 11 o'clock at night. Because yeah. they, they realize they're off for the afternoon. They've had supper with their kids. Their kids went to bed at eight. Their spouse isn't home or their spouse is watching sports or their spouse is watching uh, whatever show. Yeah. And they're like, I don't want to watch that. I'm going to go back to work. And they work at 8 o'clock at night. And do they have to work during the day? Is it imperative unless you're, unless you're in the service industry? Is it imperative that you have to be at work during the day? It's a new day, buddy. Because, you know what, that question, even just five years ago, almost was asked satirically. Yeah. And now that is an HR question. Yeah, now it's a, I don't, and people want to retain quitting. people, you have to ask that and to answer that in question. In the U.S.? It's not happening as much in Canada as it is in the U.S. It is happening in Canada. In the U.S., it's mass exodus from some companies. Yeah. Like, they're just like, we're quitting. Yeah. There's whole stores. Like you can, yeah. There's every day you can see pictures on Reddit of stores that have signs on, nobody came yeah. to work today. Yeah. Nobody yeah. came to work yeah. today. I, and I hate this narrative that I hear creep up that, well, it's because, you know, th there's so much support for them now. No. It's because people are saying, you know what? I'm not going to believe your BS anymore. No. You're treating me like crap. You're not taking anything into consideration. And if you're paying that little, the yeah, support is the that next. close. And the support is that close. Yeah. Maybe you're maybe you should be looking at how much you're paying. Yeah. And and frankly, on the other hand of that is, as a society, we have to understand 
we need to start paying more for certain things. Sure. I read a stat. Um, 64% of people say they would consider leaving their job for a dollar an hour raise. Yeah. A dollar an hour. So. Two reasons. More money, sure. But it's the validation of you offering more money. But, so this is, people when in the food industry would leave for five cents. Yes. It was insane. It's true. But what before the food industry I had the internet company and we had people we'd hire out of Toronto and we'd pay them two or three, four dollars an hour less. And I'd be like, why? And they're like, because by the time I drive there every day, hour, hour and a bit, I drive there every day, hour, hour and a bit, drive home. So it's three hours a day of driving. And then I get home, I've had to pay for gas. Yeah. I've had to pay for insurance yeah. or a bus pass or yep. a train pass. Yep. Four dollars an hour easily covers all that. I'm actually making more money by driving into work five minutes from my house. And there, people are looking at that more often, a lot more often. Like, do I really need a car? You know, do I have to go for lunch every day? And these things are what somebody was asking me the other day about restaurants. I'm like, restaurants are dead. They're going to last, but you're going to have a lot of them are going to close because people for the last two years have been learning how to cook. You know, me and my friends are like, Daryl, you should see the mistakes I can cook now. Good. That's great. I can cook the best burger you've ever had. Okay. Okay. Prove it. Yeah. Exactly. You know, let's exactly. hear it. But that's, but the thing is that the thing is, is I can cook the best burger. And as long as it's the best burger they've ever had, yep. it stops them from going out to fast food yeah, joints. No. And now the, and now the food's gone up so much. I got on and bought food the other day. I was like, you're charging me what? We didn't get into that tonight. Holy we we bought bread the other day for the first time in many, 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 many minutes. We just, Beth and I haven't had time to make it lately. And we walked in and bought this bread from a local bakery. Um, and I looked at the price and I looked at the size and I looked at Beth and I'm like, we're buying this and this is the last loaf we're ever buying. Crazy. And she's like, I agree. Absolutely. Like, we know how to crazy. make, we know how to make bagels. We know how to make, uh, Emily makes great focaccia. You make great sourdough. Beth learned how to make a, a really brilliant, brilliant whole wheat bu- sandwich. Yep. I learned how to make buns and French rolls and, and it doesn't take that much time. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what? Exactly. It costs us 30 cents. Why are we doing it? Why are we doing True. this? The problem with that equation for me, too, is there's so much greed built into that system right now. I mean, we've, we've discussed this. We'll discuss it again, uh, but down the road. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what's... And sorry, it's been it's been such a long show tonight because now we're in 20 already, right now we're 21 we around there. We're not long, are we? Yeah, we're not. There's no we're such at, thing as uh, long little, after little, six weeks away. Oh, uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say, but it's been six weeks. We had a lot. We didn't even get to any of the topics it's we were going to talk about. We, got, we didn't get to anything we were going to We have a desk full of stuff. Chris put all this stuff together, and yeah, yeah we did. We touched on the gap year as a joke, but yeah. that's something we actually were going to talk about. You know, we said from the very beginning of this experiment that the, the basis of it was a conversation. Yeah. And we haven't had one in six weeks, so it was great to talk to you again. Yeah, it was great but talking this, to you, but too. Doesn't that just show, I mean, did, did we know what we really talked about tonight? Oh, no. by the way, um, when you're talking about YouTube videos, I learned how to fix the audio problem with a YouTube video. See? See? <laughs> YouTube is the best. The best. You can solve anything now. Yeah, and we're going to be doing this around my pool. Chris bought a new little oh, toy. We're going to be doing this around a pool. We have a nice pool in my backyard, and, and, okay, and, and as you heard tonight, Chris got a new pool. Yes. Uh, but we have a pool in my backyard, and we're going to sit around a fire pit one night and have a fire and We're going to do an environmental and, recording yeah, and see how and it goes. Yeah, have some people out. I have a few friends that really, really want to come, and Brian Beautiful. being one of them, really right wants on. to come on the podcast. So. Uh, yes, I'm the same way. We'll discuss that as yeah. well. Um, thanks to uh, Ben Thompson for once again uh, providing the music. Uh, ben, I actually think I'm going to see Ben live this weekend. He's oh, nice. He's at a brewery there, so... It'd be exciting to see what he's up to. Uh, but uh, let's tell everybody uh, where they can find us on the socials. Oh, uh, you can find us. Yeah, good idea. We have social media. We do. Uh, we also have website, website everything else. Uh, studio, at, at Studio 6201 for Facebook uh, and uh, Twitter. 
Um, and then there's uh, Instagram is studio underscore 6201. Uh, and you can find our website at studio6201.com. Uh, go there. It has all of our podcasts on there. And you can find us on any of your favorite exactly. podcast channels. I want to thank you for being so accommodating the last couple of weeks because it's been crazy and you have not flinched once when I said I can't go. And we sometimes it's been a day notice. And yeah, it's life is for me last week. It was, I think I gave you an hour's notice. Yeah. I, just, <laughs> I can't, right. I've just gone through a stress yeah. test. I'm tired. Yeah. It's, you know what, honestly, it's a pleasure working with someone who, who can deal with that and just understand that life, life comes at us fast. My goodness. And sometimes it gives you a big hole in your, in your, roof. your studio roof and it brings you a new pool. A new pool. Right. Concentrate on the new pool. <laughs> Concentrate on the new pool. You don't Great have to talk, replace buddy. the lining anytime. <laughs> well, I don't know. I hear more storms coming our way. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Thanks for having me over, Chris. Appreciate it.